Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hey, hey. What's up? Four days until Christmas. Four sleeps. The big fat guy is here. The creepy fucker whose lap you used to sit on as a child will be in your home dropping off presents. Before we talk Omicron, and we will, and then we're going to talk about some other stuff too. The whole Santa thing, if you want to go there, is a little creepy to some people. (laughs) Go see this old man. Sit on his knee and tell him what you like. Of course it's creepy. Of course it's creepy, but we do it. I mean, we don't do it this year, and we definitely didn't do it last year. The malls had a way of doing it this year. For those who maybe didn't have kids and avoided the malls. I'm curious. There's a lot. Oh, did you not see any of the Santa setups? So there's been there's a couple of different ways that, you, that they could do it, okay? So there's some that were actually really well done. So Santa's kind of behind the kids, but there's like plexiglass, you know, plexiglass right oh, up. Oh, fuck, really? Yeah. Oh. And the kids sit on the couch in the front or the adults. I mean, whatever floats your fancy there. And Santa's just kind of behind you, like waving. And I guess you got to scream, scream what you want for Christmas through the plexiglass. I want a toy truck. Can you hear me? A fire, a fire truck specifically, Santa. Uh, Others would do it side by side. But again, a plexiglass. Obviously, Santa's masked. Very safe, but no sitting on laps. And this Why does the, Santa have to be masked if he's behind plexiglass? Oh, out of an abundance of caution. And also, you, you, it's illegal to not wear a mask inside a mall. But he... You have to wear a mask. No I, matter what, you I, have to wear a mask. Uh, it, people right. who work in stores behind plexiglass have to wear a mask. I, I Why should Santa be uh, above the rules? People in stores also come out from behind the store or the, uh, behind the glass and, and interact with customers and do all sorts of things. To, for me, that's a practical thing. Santa Claus is a very stationary man. He just sits in one place and listens to kid after kid after kid. No, he gets a cough every now and again and stuff. It's usually pretty gross. Yeah. You got to keep that shit contained. So I, I actually, this is the first time I've, I've walked past that setup and gone, this is the way it was meant to be. No kids on old man's laps. I don't, I'm sure there's nice people who are uh, friends of Santa that are, no, there's no kids listening to this anyway, I hope. But there's, you know, some lovely people. In fact, I know one. I know one. A distant relative of mine helped Santa out a couple of times in a mall. You know what I mean? And uh, nice fella. You know, nothing, no rap sheet. So that's always good. But it's still a super creepy notion that we bring children, young, innocent, sweet children, to a mall to sit on a bearded man's lap and talk about what you want for Christmas. It creeps me out, always has, and I'm glad that's to see it's changed, and I hope we never go back. There should be no lap sitting. None. This is something that you did many times when you were little. It's something that everybody, I actually, think, has done at one point. I was so afraid of him. There's actually, most of the photos are me sitting on a stool next to Santa and my brother and sister on the lap. There's actually a couple pictures of that, and I'm holding my sister's hand, and that's it. Yeah, I, uh... Because it always has creeped me the shit out! It's gross. You think of things differently, though, when you have kids. And uh, I mean, mine, yeah. I, I thought of it a little differently, too. But <laughs> I, I don't know that kids have a problem with it. And that's the tradition. No, and that's the mystery of Santa Claus. They're sweet and innocent. That's why they. we always have to question tradition. Why are we doing things the way that we're, we've, quote, always done them? It's not me that's always done it. For years, it's been this way. Maybe we ought to change things up is all I'm saying. That's one of those things that we could probably do without. I don't have a problem with the Santa traditions for kids telling Santa what they want. I do think it should be accompanied by a letter because I think that's a good thing to do anyway. It's good for a lot of different reasons. So I think you should take a letter, drop it in the mail, talk to Santa at the mall. You can go ahead and do that. I have no problem with that. What bugs me is the they're, they've stepped up production on Christmas songs because there's so many radio stations that play nonstop Christmas music for six weeks before right. Christmas. Yep. So there's a lot of music coming out. And it seems like every other Christmas song these days is about Santa bringing you a man 
And frankly, I don't think Santa has that in his realm. Even the number one song on the charts right now is Mariah Carey, All I Want for Christmas. It beat out Lil Nas X and Justin Bieber and Ed Sheeran. Mariah's number one. The whole song is about bringing her a dude. Ariana Grande, Santa Baby, uh, all those songs. Which one is the Ariana Grande? Santa Tell Me. Santa Tell Me, yeah. But then there's also Santa Baby. I don't know know why you need Santa to bring you a fucking man. Have you tried Tinder? Santa Baby is about your significant other dressing as Santa so you can get... you can fuck. Basically. That's what can we just be that's what that song's about. It's, it's not a about dirty Santa, song. It's about your significant other dressing up as Santa Claus because you got some fucking issues. You got some bad, bad grandpa issues or some shit. Really? Yeah, it's gross. So women that are attracted to Santa Claus, Look, I find it weird too, but I don't know if I want to label it. <laughs> you know what? Fine. I will stop at labeling anything. But what I am saying is you might want to take a look at the reasons why. It's one thing if it's a funny joke, like um, you're at a party and Santa Claus is, happens to be your husband. Ah, I'll do it. Cool. And it's, you know, your your nieces and nephews and your kids are involved and that's cool. And then at the end of the night, you're like, that was really sweet of you to help out. And uh, let's fuck in the suit, I guess. Uh, 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 I guess. But it's not for me. Like, I right. uh, no thank you. Maybe we should switch the sitting on Santa's knee until you're an adult. Maybe you don't start sitting hey. on his knee until you're like 20 or so. Hey, get over here, jolly old Saint Dick. Give me some of that. I just, it's not for me. Okay. I understand to each their own. It is, you jingle those balls. If that's what you fucking like, you do it. Not for me. Who's older, Santa Claus or Joe Biden? (laughs) Okay. Can I, can I finally, can I finally say something that I really wanted to say on the radio today, but I thought it was a little harsh. I knew it was harsh, but it popped up in my head the moment you told me he got a puppy. Yes. Like that dog's going to outlive him, right? Joe Biden will not live as long as the dog that he just That's the first thing I thought of. And I don't know if that makes me a bad person or if I'm just thinking about the dog and I feel bad for the dog because the dog falls in love with you just as much as you fall in love with it, right? You got that special bond, that special relationship, and it's, it's maybe it's just less likely that you are going to die before your dog does in life generally, right? You usually get a dog, even if it's in your later years, absolutely. But that dog is going to fucking live past Joe Biden. Well, and I'm not saying someone else isn't there to care for the dog. Oh, I know that's the case. Jill's got it. No problem. But I mean, does hmm. he ever look at the, I just wonder, do you ever look at the dog and be like, I'm going to definitely die before you. Like, and I'm, <laughs> but here we are. I'm still bringing in a puppy. Uh, it was a gift to the Bidens from, I believe he said it was from his sister-in-law. Commander is the new dog. Uh, Joe's had dog problems. The last one he had bit one of the security, <laughs> the secret service guys. I forgot. It's not a very good run for the dogs (laughs) at the White House this year. The Obama dogs were great. Trump didn't have dogs. But then Biden comes in with two and now three German shepherds and they're fucking biting people. Why? Is that a good? I mean, I know in a lot of cases it's not a good gift. Uh, But I assume they had had this conversation where they both really wanted a dog again. And obviously the sorry sister-in-law. I believe it was Jill's Jill's uh, sister. sister. Great. So I'm assuming she's close enough with them where she knew they want another dog. I found this. Uh, maybe I don't know if it was adopted dog. I don't understand where the dog, where they procured the dog. Whatever the case is, she knew. But otherwise, it's never okay. I don't like hearing that somebody gave dog as a gift. That dog, it's a, it's a German Shepherd puppy. It's a, oh, high energy. Joe Biden is what seventy six, seventy eight years old. That dog is going to drag Joe by the fucking collar <laughs> up and down the lawn at the White House. Thankfully, it looks like a very lovely area to have a dog. Like, absolutely. Like, like nobody let roam. Joe walk that dog alone. No, no leashes. You'll find him in the goddamn bushes. No. <laughs> where am I? <laughs> Took the dog for a walk, and I don't know where I am now. <laughs> Fuck. I'll just make this my home. <laughs> Till somebody finds me. <laughs> well... This is how it ends. <laughs> What's up with his uh, speech today? Yeah, Joe's going to come out today and he's going to give a speech to the American people about Omicron. And it's so, we're, we're in such a weird time right now, Kat. And I don't know exactly how Biden feels about it, but I assume he feels similar to Doug mm-hmm. and Justin mm-hmm. and all the other leaders. The leaders right now are looking at this situation and then they're going to look to the left and see all the doctors. Then they're going to look to the right and they're going to see all the people that are asking, what the fuck? Then they're going to look down at the numbers. And frankly, the numbers do not support what's going on right now. A lot of cases, not a lot of hospitalizations. 
And and right now the doctors keep saying, well, we, we need more time. We need more time to study and see how bad it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget the fact that we have six weeks worth of data from South Africa. And we have about five weeks worth of data from Denmark. Even that doesn't agree because there is an uptick in hospitalizations in Denmark. In South Africa, it went completely the other way. Hospitalizations dropped. And ours haven't really moved in any substantial way. So the politicians are like, okay, so here's the irony of it all. This is what Doug has to deal with right now up at the cottage. And yes, he's at the cottage right now. Of course. There's some people that fucking love that. I know they do. Because they were trend- dying for him to go so they could shit on him. Scott, it's trending on Twitter almost every day. And that there's a good, there's always a reason to bring it up. But it's always, here it is, trending in Canada. Hashtag, where is Doug Ford? Well, where is Doug Ford? He should be out here every day That's if it's this much of a crisis. But I get that yeah. he's he's got a problem. Every politician has a problem. Because they're people. They're not doctors. They're just like you and I. They look at the numbers and see there's no problem right now. They get the news out of South Africa that hospitalizations are not really being impacted by Omicron. And they're thinking, okay, problem solved. This could have been worse. But then the doctors are, out of an abundance of caution, Mm -hmm. screaming for lockdowns and restrictions. And and the politicians could side with the people and say, you know what, we're going to see it through. We're going to maintain the status quo for now. If we start to see hospitalizations increase then we will implement stricter measures. Right, right. The doctors are saying, no, you've got to do it right fucking now. And if you don't do it now, we're going to name and shame the living shit out of you. And then in an ironic twist, the public, because we've been preconditioned for two years now, will then side with the doctors, even though the doctors are arguing for what the public says they don't want. It's all fucked up. Yeah, it is fucked up. So Joe is going to come out today and he is going to be, nearest we can tell from the leaks that have come out of this, reasonable. He's going to warn people that this is a threat. And it is a threat. Until we know more, we have to consider it a threat. I get that. But Joe is not going to impose a lockdown. He's not going to do anything too drastic. But what he is going to do is probably what we should have done. Joe went out and got himself... Half a billion rapid tests. Woo. Half a billion. He what? bought 500 million rapid tests that are going to get sent to every home in America. So do they ship them? How are they, how are they getting these rapid tests? They don't well, have an LCBO. How do they possibly get the tests? <laughs> <laughs> how does one get things to the public when you don't own the liquor store? Huh. That's weird. Are these being shipped? Like actually physically shipped by like a UPS or whatever? Uh, well, they seem to be learning some lessons from Ontario specifically. Okay. Because they're not going to drop them off at the local liquor store and then let everybody fight each other in the streets and sidewalks for them. They're going to be in central pickup areas. There will be drive through pickup options. Good. And in some cases, they will be sent to homes, to hospitals, to congregate living settings, that sort of thing. Okay. The jails are getting them. They're going to be everywhere. And the whole point of the rapid test is this. You test yourself. If... You're positive. You go and get a formal PCR test to confirm or deny what the rapid test says. If it's negative, you just carry on with your life. There's a chance that it could be a false negative. There's a chance it could be a false positive. They say they're not as reliable as the PCR tests, but I have nothing to back that up on. I've never used them. Yeah, me either. Uh, When it comes to testing here in Ontario, oh, look at all the people going for tests all of a sudden. It's fucking crazy. In fact, the capacity here in Ontario, they say, is already being stretched thin for testing. So a couple of public health units have made some changes. In Ottawa, Ottawa Public Health says if you have symptoms but can't get a test, assume you're infected with Omicron and go into self-isolation for 10 days, okay. even if you're fully vaccinated. Really? Okay. We're just going to assume it's a positive. Mm-hmm. In Peterborough, the local public health unit is encouraging residents to report positive test results from rapid tests online or give them a call to tell them you tested positive. If you get a positive result on a rapid test, you are supposed to confirm it with a PCR, but experts have warned that capacity is running thin as yeah. Omicron spreads. Yeah. So am, let me ask you though, and, and this is a question for everybody, I, I, and I'm not trying to suggest you do something dishonest here, but What advantage is it to telling public health that you tested positive? If you tested positive, you know, you need to know, and you can self-isolate or do whatever it is that you're going to do with that. 
Once you tell public health, it's a whole other animal. Sure it is. That's on your... That's, uh, they're going to do contact tracing. They're going to be watching you. Yeah, your close contacts are going to get a call. Everything gets changed. Yeah. Why do you need somebody else to know that you tested positive? If you just, okay, I'm positive. I have COVID. I'm capable of spreading COVID. I need to be a good citizen and stay inside, not go out where I could infect others. Right. I don't need the whole goddamn production from public health phoning everybody I know yeah. and looking through my bank card to see what yeah. uh, restaurants I've been to. Well, that's and that's the downside. And if the reality of it is uh, Omicron spreading, spreading so quickly and yeah, there's 10,000 cases, who whatever it might be, we know it's going to be popular. It's inevitable that maybe many of us right now in this moment, whether you're listening to the podcast or a part of it, might catch it. We don't know. But if it is that likely and, and testing really, you, you can't get in for a test, I don't know how many people would do that. I think that the people who really, I don't know, I, th- I see people taking advantage of it, is what I would say, in one way or another. Taking advantage of, they're telling me to call public health, like you said, no, like I'll just isolate, I don't want a big sh- ordeal around me, Right. fuck it. That's what I'd worry about. Or, hey, I don't want to go into work. Fuck, I'm calling public health right now. Oh, test, positive. How do, They can't prove that you had a positive test. That's kind of the part that scares me. Because the people who want to, f- I don't know how many people are out there are willing to fake that they have COVID. If you are, like, oh man, what is going on? But there are, might be some people who would do it because they're like, well, I don't need to go to work then. People have done far more sinister things over the, the times that we've sure. all been on this earth. It's and- not the end of the world, but I'm just saying I could see there being, those are not, <laughs> those are not exact numbers. We're going to know that though. We're, we'll know that. Well, Biden's going to announce they've got 500 million rapid tests that they're going to be sent out, and they're going to give a big push again to try and get the boosters. Our our boosters started to become available yesterday for people between 18 and 50 years old. It's actually anybody 18 plus, but 50-year-olds have had a chance to do it for a while now. The government says by 3 p.m. yesterday, 186,000 third-dose appointments were booked. Good, yeah. They say a lot of people had trouble finding shots in their region Mm -hmm. or in the coming days. Like, did people honestly think they could jump on the portal and get a shot before Christmas? Because I, I never thought that that was expected. I, with our second shot, we were booking eight weeks out. I thought so, too. It surprised me how many people, and particularly with, like, the groups that I'm involved in on social, that's really the best way that I can kind of gauge what's going on. A lot of people were surprised, too. Did anyone get one before Boxing Day? This is crazy. I'm like, did, it's not crazy. That's a week from it? now. That's, that's incredible. Uh, most people are beginning of January, the first chunk of January, most of the people I saw. Some places are booking into February, but really that's, that's not that bad, especially considering there's nothing there's nothing that you can't do still. You know, I'd understand if they were like, no, third shot or you can't come in here to eat, third shot or you can't do this, but really at this point, we're good, we're chill, we're cool. I know there's some people feel a rush to do it for their own safety, that's fine. I did it last year. I went and got a test uh, two days before Christmas Eve to make sure that I wasn't taking COVID to my girlfriend's parents or to my parents. I don't have a problem with getting tested before Christmas, whether it's a rapid test or a PCR, that's fine. But the shots, it was completely unrealistic of you to yeah. expect that yeah, you'd get it a shot me. now. It surprised me to people there, but I did see a lot of people and eventually after, you know, a lot of sites were down and up again and down and up again, um, people were booking. So that's good. You know, it's, we're very, uh, uh, we're, we're, a lot of us are just a bunch of followers, you know, I mean, Rapid tests are not new technology. They've been around for a long time. In fact, uh, what was it? Just a couple months ago, Doug was saying we couldn't even give them away. A lot of people didn't even want them. Yeah. Last Christmas, you could go and get rapid tests. Nobody was screaming about rapid tests. I don't know what changed between last year and this year, except for it's become a political weapon. I, I, I I would argue Omicron is a different beast. We're talking about a different animal here. And if Omicron spreads that quickly and a lot of us want our kids to be able to go back to school, which I don't even know what's going to happen, but whatever. But a lot of us have high hopes for going whatever, not getting grandma sick even, then people are more likely to get tested. And it looks as though a lot of people are testing and I'm about that. That's great. Yes. Test, test, test. It's better to do that than just spread it more. It's just weird to me the sense of urgency and outrage. That you, you went and, and you, to the LCBO and they didn't have any rapid tests and you want your rapid tests. And I just don't understand where that came from. Like I said, these have been around for a very long time. Did it just occur to 14 and a half million people that you can take a rapid test and get an idea if you've got it? Or is it because they're free and you didn't get something for free that somebody else did get for free? Is it that? I honestly don't understand. Even with the boosters. 
There's people trying to book boosters just because there's other people booking boosters and they think, oh, fuck, oh, a lot of demand. I don't I do know that see there that. is. Yeah, I don't know, but I, I don't agree with you on the tests, but I do agree with you on the boosters. I'm seeing a lot of that too. A lot of like, oh, you got to be, well, I should go on and get one then. You know, there's for people who initially had no sense of urgency that thought, let the people who really want to get it and then I'll get it, they're booking it. They're booked. But I but I do disagree with you with the tests. I think that Omicron's a totally different beast. We're talking about we're talking you know similar but different because it's spreading so fast. They want these tests in time for Christmas. That's what the demand is. They want the tests in time for the holidays. That make I don't know, it all equals up to me. Um when it comes to these rapid tests, every kid in Ontario got them, which means that their households are covered. That's a lot. Then they gave away what was it, a million tests through the LCBO over the last few days? I don't remember how many. Uh, that's more. I mean, if you just ask around, you're probably going to find a rapid test. I was in a similar predicament because yeah. I thought, ah, you know what? I did a PCR test at the hospital last year before Christmas just to make sure that I wasn't going to get anybody sick. I think that's a common sense thing to do. And I understand that people want to do the rapid test too, yeah. but not to the point where they're writing letters to the editor at the goddamn Globe and Mail and and wanting to phone their local mayor and insist that they get it. And because and, I didn't get it when I went to the liquor store, they should deliver it now. Like the amount of entitlement here is fucking astounding. I don't feel anybody owes me a rapid test. Would I like one? Yeah. Is it frustrating that I can't seem to find them anywhere? Yeah. It pisses me off even more that there's some people who took the rapid test that they got for free and they're trying to flip it for 150 bucks on Kijiji. It's just stupid. And you know what it is? That's very, very much more common up north. Um, we had a couple of listeners to send a message actually from north. You can't. There was zero given. There were zero from the province given up north. And I'm talking, you know. There's not a lot of voters up there. They don't give a shit. And maybe that's it. I mean, honestly, is it political? Is there a shipment issue? a lot of things in this pandemic There's that were political that went to mark. strategic ridings. So those people are the ones who are like fighting to figure out how to get a test, especially because there's not one in the town. And if there ends up being one in the town, it gets posted on Kijiji for a hundred fucking dollars. Like, that's crazy to me. I, you know, they could end that right now with a stroke of a pen. Doug could put an order in that it's illegal to resell a rapid test that you receive from the government of Ontario. Yeah, to be fair, I think that the sites and it you're right, Dougie should be on it. He should be on it. But it's right actually, fucking now. but it's actually the sites that are taking action because apparently a lot of the ones that were plunked down marketplace for example, Facebook has already worked on and taking down Kijiji same thing. So slowly it's happening, but they're still popping up. As quick as they're being taken down, they're popping up. It's stupid to me. Do you need the money that bad? Is that what it is? Like, you tell me, you get a rapid test, you're not going to use it because you're an anti-tester. Like, are you seriously, are you that hurting for cash? Why, why do you need to gouge a household that actually might use that and want that? Like, you're, you're kind of a piece of shit, in my opinion, if you do something like that. It's very, very opportunistic, selfish, and it's not part of the Team Ontario spirit. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yes. Right. Uh, rapid tests are great. I think the Americans probably bought up the world's supply if they bought half a billion of them to distribute to Americans. But again, we're two fucking years into this and we're literally no further ahead. Uh, you know, when public health units are saying, yeah, you got to isolate even if you are vaccinated now. And when you're uh, in Quebec, they just shut down all the bars, movie theaters, gyms, entertainment venues mm -hmm. and more. They're in a semi-state of lockdown right now, and that's everybody, vaxxed or not. You know, I really do think that we didn't learn a goddamn thing. When this happened, if they really thought that once we get those two shots into people, we're good. Man, we've got the boosters in case we ever need them. Well, now we fucking need them, apparently. I, actually, you know what? I personally don't want to say that because I'm still not sold on it. But there's a lot of people who feel like they want added protection from a booster shot. So if that's the case, by all means, go ahead. Get your booster shot. But we're completely unprepared for this. It seems. Do we have rapid tests? Doesn't seem that way. Seems like we've given them all out. Uh, the province procured 10 million more. They're not going to be here in time for Christmas. No. But they might help out private employers and the civil service when they have to go back to work after the holidays. And it's entirely possible that that's part of it. Not everybody needs to, to get tested before Christmas dinner. We want you tested before you go back to the office on January the 4th. 
So maybe there's something to that too. Sure. But ask around. There's a lot of people that have them that aren't using them. Yeah, I'm seeing that again a lot on the Facebook groups of, hey guys, I or my kid got sent home with two boxes. I, I'm only going to test them before they go back to school, potentially. So I only needed one box. Does someone else need one? You'll, you'll find that happening a lot. So there are places that you can go and look. It's But it keep, let's be clear. It's shitty that we even have to be at that point. It's yeah. absolutely shitty. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I hear you, Kat. And, and, you know, I'm looking at the NHL here. I think they made a prudent decision. Shut her down till after Christmas. Yeah, sure. It's not 10 days, but it, it'll get a lot of people separated. They're going to retest before they get back into their little team bubble, and then everything should be fine. Is that, is that the new two weeks to flatten the curve, though? I mean, do we see this happening and happening uh, successfully in January and February as the league continues on and hopes to have a Stanley Cup this year? Listen, the NHL has got to be honest with themselves. There needs to be more mirrors in the NHL. What they were doing until now, until this new Omicron variant came out, was probably okay. But now that there is Omicron, and if it actually is a threat, the NHL is going to have to change what they do. Because right now, they specialize in extremely high-risk activity. Sure. Unmasked, sports, flights, restaurants, travel, Everything that's bad, they're doing it. So I think the NHL is going to have to look and say, hey, listen, I get that you guys are a bunch of fucking 20-year-old millionaires, and you don't want to be told what to do. Mm -hmm. You don't want to have to do this shit. But at the end of the day, if you'd like to keep playing hockey, you're going to come to the rink and go home. You're going to go to your hotel and then come back to the rink. Mm -hmm. Are you going to go out for dinner? I know you'd love to. But unless the team organizes it and we have somebody go in in advance and inspect the safety protocols and make sure the tables are all set right, then it's not happening. No go. So you millionaires, if you'd like to continue making your multi-million dollar salaries and have a shot at winning the Stanley Cup, then you've got to do it this way. And I know you don't want to, but that's really the way it has to be because we do do a lot of crazy shit. We're in an airport eight times a week on average. We're on planes four times a week on average. There is no reasonable expectation that these guys weren't going to catch COVID at some point. And they travel together as a team. It's a private plane in Mm -hmm. most cases. So that shouldn't be that bad. But it's what happens when they leave the rink, when they go out on those team dinners. If they didn't do that shit, they could do whatever they want, unmasked. They'd be in a bubble. I was not aware that that they were going out to restaurants. And they were doing those things. I didn't even know that. And maybe it's because I lack following a lot of the players, perhaps. Is that where you saw it? I see it on um, uh, servers, mainly. We'll often mention, oh, yeah, I was okay. working the other yeah, night. Yeah, and yeah. Austin Matthews and Mitch Marner came in for dinner. And, and, and not to say, though, that that's like, a, oh, that's super risky. We've said time and time again that the restaurants are doing things right. But it, it, but it is true. If you want to decrease the chances of having to halt a game or the whole fucking rest of the season then you got to stop doing those things. That's the thing. They put them back in a bubble. I don't. Hey, it would work out really well for the Leafs if they went back to the Canada bubble here. I don't give a shit. It well, worked, worked out really cl- I mean, we didn't get there, but we got a lot closer. Sure, we did. I'm, uh, I don't think what the NHL is doing is unreasonable. Shut her down for Christmas because they have a problem. Bring it back after Christmas. Test the shit out of everybody. And then we carry on. But we're really tightening up the bubble. There's going to be a a rope around this team and nobody leaves the rope. And if you do, guess what? You're going to isolate for three days. You're going to get tests every two days, that sort of shit. They could do it. But um, when you have people out interacting in the public, this is kind of to be expected. Same with the NBA. Although I fucking love what the NBA did. For every positive player you have on your team, you're allowed to sign a new player with no hit against your luxury tax and no hit against your salary cap. So in theory, in theory, let's say Pascal Siakam catches COVID-19. Actually, I read something about him. He might have actually. I think he's under COVID <laughs> Is he protocols. one of the ones? <laughs> he might be. I don't know. Okay. In any case, let's say Pascal has COVID-19. If you want to, you can go out and sign Michael Jordan to a one-week contract, and he'll fill in for Pascal, and it will not impact the team's salary cap. <laughs> think he'd go in for one game? Or what do you think that would look like if he did? MJ? I mean... That would be a game nobody would miss. Nobody would not miss that. Not one, even fucking Scotty Pippen, who hates, <laughs> he, who hates his life, would be like, yeah, I gotta watch that. I gotta watch that. Maybe they should sign Scotty Pippen to one one team and Michael Jordan to the other. 
I'm here Face for it. Face each other. Let's fucking go. But Nobody it, would even care about the actual teams playing. They would just be all eyes to be on those two. But it does leave open the opportunity to get kind of creative and kind of fun. Those GMs needed a little bit of flexibility because it was getting a little crazy. And I'm sure at the end of the day, they'll bring up some farm team guys and stuff like that. But I mean, hey, if you're the Lakers and LeBron goes down, why wouldn't you phone Michael Jordan and see if he's available? Phone Shaq and see if he wants to go in and pick up a couple of shifts. Really allowed? It's yeah, that you open. S- you don't need to be, you know, it, it, a, a whatever. I don't know, a benched player or um, whatever, a, a farm team, if you will. You can be any fucking person. They can sign whoever they need to sign, as long as they're not protected under another team for one game. For one game, if it is, or two for or one three. week, whatever. That's crazy, man. They could sign you. <laughs> that would be a big mistake. That would be hilarious. A actually. big, giant mistake. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. So we'll wait and see what Biden has to say. We're waiting to hear when Doug is going to trot out and uh, make his big announcement. But I'm pretty confident at this point because one of the trends that has happened all throughout the pandemic is the love fest between Francois Legault and Doug Ford. Ontario's usually a week, maybe a couple days behind Quebec. Quebec went into a semi-state of lockdown. I could see Ontario doing that. I really could. Because they seem to be purely focused on cases right now, not on actual sickness. And no, that (laughs) decide which side you want to be on here, Doug. But if you want to err on the side of caution at great expense, then you go ahead. I mean, you can shut her down. The thing is, people need a little bit of notice. If you know now that you're going to impose a stay stay at home order, for example, what would it be, 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve? How about that? Ah, there's a good way to try and minimize some of the gatherings. Nobody leaves after 5 o'clock on Christmas Eve. Then you should let us know. Mm. It's creeping up here. It's See, three days till Christmas it's, Eve. It's calculated if that's the case. If they do know, that's calculated because they I, don't want to rush at the stores. They don't want to make it worse before it gets better. So a last minute or a 12-hour window is probably what they would aim for. But wouldn't it make more sense for the stores to say, listen, here's the deal. Out of an abundance of caution, because I only listen to uh, the science table and my chief medical officer, and they say we got to do it, but I don't want the stores to take too much of a hit. So finish your Christmas shopping, go home, stay home. If you have a rapid test, use it. We'll let you know next week how long this is going to be in place. And I have to think by next week they would have an idea. If there is going to be a stay-at-home order, I think they knew that last week. Do they know if schools are reopening on January the 4th? Yeah, they're, you're goddamn right they know. There's no decision to be made here. They know it. They just haven't announced mm-hmm. it yet. And that is part of the frustration for a lot of people. Yeah, and the I speculation mean, builds because they don't clear up the misunderstandings. Yeah, unless for some, by some bloody miracle, the case numbers start to decline from here. <laughs> then, uh, then I don't see why they would wait. Why, they probably know. I'm hoping that they find a middle ground. I'm hoping that they find a compromise, um, at least try to keep the elementary schools going and shut down classes as needed. That's what they should do. A lot of people, though, Kat, would make the case that the reason we are where we are now, where it accelerated as quickly as it did, is because Omicron was spreading when the schools were open and it was a lot of young people, elementary age, that caught it. Yeah, well, it's going to continue to do that regardless. It's going to continue to happen regardless. It's not going to go away it's not going to go away. I don't even think the boosters are going to help Omicron. Omicron spreads like a like fucking crazy. It's insane. Everyone vax, all these vaccinated individuals catch Omicron. So what the fuck does it matter? Like I'm really confused as to why it matters. Great point. Uh, I want to do a couple other things here before I uh, <laughs> before we wrap things up, and and some of these are actually pretty fun. So we'll start off with this: a woman accused her husband of accidentally throwing away a bag of presents that she'd left out. Uh Uh-oh. After sending him out to pick through the garbage, (laughs) she realized what happened. In a nutshell, this woman went out and did some shopping. She left her shopping bags on the counter. 
husband misunderstood these bags that were left out, mixed it up with the garbage that had to go out, and that was his job, and put the presents out on the curb. Uh Uh-oh. Or in their bin at the side of the house. So wife is like, what the fuck? Those were Christmas presents, you dumb bastard. Get out there and find it. (laughs) So this guy in a suit and tie is out there rummaging through the garbage. Mm. Like, holy fuck, I got to find signs. So far, there's no sign of any of it. Where did I put it? Oh my God, this is crazy. Christmas is ruined. I (laughs) fucked it up because I'm not paying attention. Uh Then the light bulb went off over her head. Oh, shit. I didn't leave it on the counter. I hid that bag in the closet. The husband never did a thing wrong. In fact, he did everything right. He took out the garbage like he was supposed to. He did not throw away the Christmas presents that she bought. She just forgot where the fuck she put them. Oh, that's a devastating moment when you think that you know exactly what's happening. And in fact, you blame someone else for it. And then the moment you realize... Oh, wait a minute. I was wrong. Mm-hmm. So do you just go all apologetic? Like, I am so, so sorry. What an idiot. I moved them. I, I, I should have known better. You're such a sweetheart for going through the garbage. I'm sorry I blamed you. Or do you like deny that you moved it to another place? Like, well, you must have moved it to there. <laughs> I didn't. There are. And you're you're right here. There's two ways that she can play this. Well, maybe three. The first is to be honest, I am really sorry. I put them in the closet and I forgot I did it. False alarm. Mm-hmm. You didn't do anything wrong. I apologize. Unzip your pants and let me make it up to you. <laughs> sure. That's one option. That's one. <laughs> Other option is you deny everything. Oh, yeah. Because this has the potential to be one of those moments that lasts in your relationship forever. Anytime. You, in the future, tell him to do something. He can be like, huh, remember that time I was in a suit and you made me go through the goddamn garbage to find gifts that you lost? He can keep playing it. So if you deny it, just pretend or act surprised or, oh, you know what? Don't worry about it. I went out and replaced everything. No harm done. We're good. There's lots of different ways that you can spin it without admitting guilt. You would seriously have to have some sort of ego to like pretend like you repurchased everything just because you didn't want to say that you were wrong. There's a lot of people who have a real hard time admitting they're wrong. (laughs) Uh, This is a great story. It is from Minnesota. 15-year-old Sydney Raleigh went to her shift at McDonald's on Saturday. Totally normal day, she tells CNN. She was working the drive-thru. Somebody came in, ordered some nuggets. That was good. Handed them her change, and they turned around. Looked back, and that woman was choking. She had a little girl in the car with her, too, and you could tell the little girl was starting to freak out because mom was choking. Holy shit. So Sydney, 15 years old, is a goddamn hero. When she was 11, she took the babysitting course. Oh, yes, I took that one. And you learned some basic CPR and first aid. Sydney said she just grabbed control of the situation like a boss. She yelled to one employee, you phone 911. She yelled to the girl's daughter, call 911 on your phone. Sydney, 15, went out the drive-thru window, (laughs) got this woman, went behind her and gave her the Heimlich. Now, she's not strong enough. She did not have the upper body strength to be able to compress the woman's uh, diaphragm and force that chicken nugget out. She grabbed a bystander. You, come here. Had the bystander get behind the woman who was choking. He did the Heimlich as she instructed him. Pull here and then pull up. Just like that. She saved the woman's life. The nugget went flying? Did the nugget go flying? At one point, there was a nugget in the air. I picture a nugget just going, (laughs) and hitting the other drive-thru window. Just hitting the wall. After you've choked on it, because it got Heimlicked out, that would make a sound when it hit the ground, I would right? Think so. It'd be like dropping a penny in the toilet or Ugh. something. Ugh. <laughs> wow. Well, that is heroic. And thank goodness for Sydney for A, paying attention to the course. Because it's one thing to take the course, it's the other thing to actually absorb the information mm-hmm. and act on it in real life. It's incredible. Sure. But a couple of things that are wrong with this story. Number one, 
how did this woman get that nugget in her mouth that fucking quick? She just got them. Were, were yeah. you reaching into the bag as she was handing it to you? Some people probably do that because they're so hangry. There's like, nom nom, give me the food. Like, calm the fuck down. Did you even try and chew it? Aren't the nuggets, don't they come super hot too? It depends. I, Some of them, not hot. Not hot. I wonder though if in this case it was hot. So she went to go pop a nugget in her mouth and went, that's hot. And you know how you can sometimes make a little quick with your mouth because it's so hot. Maybe she and sucked it right in her down her throat. You and I have talked many times about the very, very important, relevant shit that we never get taught. When you hear a story like that and how it saved a life, is it time to maybe make it even an elective or a compulsory? You have to take first aid and CPR in school. See, I mean, yes, Scott, but I believe I also will do you one better. I think that we this is something that we should do every f- five years. Okay, Things I'm here change. for it. Things change as well. You might remember old school CPR was a mouth-to-mouth. It's no longer even needed. Certain certain CPRs, you don't even need mouth-to-mouth, right? Compressions help just as much, if not more so, than even hmm. bothering doing mouth-to-mouth. That's one example of many. I also took the course again, and I'll give you an example because I took the course, babysitting course, I was, whatever, 11, 12, I don't even remember. But I, all that stuff was lost on me. I got pregnant. Fuck, I should probably know how to do Not take- when you were taking the babysitting course. No, 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 no. <laughs> later on in life, later, she got pregnant. I got pregnant and I thought, I'm going to have an infant. I should probably figure out infant CPR. So I did. I took a two-day course Wow. On, on CPR training. Good for you. Specifically for infants and care and all the other things that went along with that. And then I learned some things again. And I, that's when I realized, wow, a lot has really changed because I don't remember this. And sure enough, yep, because they learn different techniques and different ways as you go. And I think that that is absolutely one of those life skills that we should have to pass. You yeah. should have to pass how to how to save a life. That's a huge, that's huge. I mean, listen to that, how to save a life. Throughout COVID, one of the things that's been a constant theme is we have to look out for each other. Well, part of looking out for and protecting each other is knowing how to save a life if the worst happens. Yeah. Why would we not make it mandatory that in school you need at least one life-saving program, whether it's first aid or CPR or a hybrid of both, or whether it's uh, uh, part of a a home course that'll teach you a little bit about uh, how mortgage rates work, how your taxes get filed, how to do CPR. Mm -hmm. I really think that there needs to be something for young people to learn basic life skills. And this is a little advanced CPR, but nonetheless, it's an important lesson to learn. I, I think they could go a long way if they tried to get students to learn that in Young school. Young people and middle-aged, like I said, you, you, do, you do tend to forget things along the years. So I think that it should be one of those things. Maybe you take every 10 years or something. I wonder if you could, uh, the government could incentivize it. They could say, hey, listen, uh, we're not going to put it in school, but here's the deal. Or we are going to put it in school for students. But for adults, we want you to take this course and have this information. So as an adult, you've got to find your local St. John's John. Ambulance course or something like that. Yeah, I And might- once you do, you'll get a $25 rebate on your taxes. Right. Submit the receipt for the course yeah. with it. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah, I don't know. And I wouldn't know enough to know. Maybe they do have something like that, and I don't even know. But that's a great idea. Would it be enough to make people go? I'm not sure. I'm not sure it would, Scott, unless their work mandates it. I'm not sure how many people will go, but it's a nice thought. You have 10 guests coming over to your place on New Year's Eve. How did you know? Do you? (laughs) I have some people coming over, yeah. Okay, you've got 10 people coming over. Not them. Maybe not that many. I don't know. How many bottles of champagne do you need for 10 people? So I would just buy, honestly, my, my circles, they don't drink a ton of champagne. So I'm just getting one mama. Like one big mama and everybody's going to get a little titch. Okay. Yeah, I don't have big champagne drinkers. They wouldn't drink it. I get a headache instantly when I drink champagne. Instantly. I don't know what it is about it, but for New Year's Eve, they say if you're having guests over, one standard size bottle of bubbly for every two guests. If you're having 10 people <laughs> over, if you're having 10 people okay. over on yeah. New Year's Eve, you need five bottles of champagne. Shit. Get ready to have extra champagne. No, not everybody, unless you know you have champagne drinkers present, no problem. Otherwise, they're going to be on to their drinks. They're drinking their uh, reds or they're having their beer or they're into their cocktails. They made their own little, they all each have their own shit. The champagne comes and it's busted out at midnight. They each have a little bit and that's that. Unless you want to make sure you keep that receipt for the LPCBO because you'll be returning bottles like crazy later. And finally, the sex trafficking trial of Ghislaine Maxwell is now in the hands of the jury. This trial 
didn't get a whole lot of coverage. And and I'm really struggling to understand why. COVID. It's, it's COVID. Got, <laughs> COVID. This has got COVID-19. All the makings of a scandalous trial it's, to watch. It's very scandalous. Yeah. You got that piece of shit billionaire Jeffrey Epstein who's got all these connected friends all around the world and he's inviting them to come to his parties and come to his private island. But then he's got to entertain people. And we know the kind of people that he was rolling with. I mean, Google it. Jeffrey Epstein. Look at the pictures. Bill Clinton. Actually, both Clintons. You got Bill. You've got Bill Gates. You've got uh, Prince Andrew. There are so many of them. Trumpy Trump. Donald Trump. (laughs) There's a lot of them that have been connected to this guy. And that's not to say that all of those people did something wrong. No. But if the shoe fits, it kind of fits. Is it? You would you when you say something wrong, you might mean act on something je- that Epstein has acted on or offered other people. Right? Is it not also wrong if you kind of knew something, but you really like the perks of being friends with this guy, so you said nothing? That to me is just—it's guilty by association. Yeah, you would be an accomplice in that sense. The theory is that, and I hope I'm saying her name right because I don't <laughs> say it very often, but Ghislaine Maxwell. Ghislaine is was the executive assistant, the right hand of Jeffrey Epstein. And when Jeffrey decides, you know what? This weekend, we're having a party. We're going to my private island in the Bahamas, and we're going to fly in the most wealthy, well-connected guys in the world to come and party, and we're going to have a great time for two days. Mm -hmm. Well, we got to offer them some entertainment. The theory here and the accusation is that it was her that Epstein would have go and round up a bunch of underage girls that would just sort of be there for the party. And she would recruit these girls and tell them things like, uh, hey, this weekend, you're going to meet an actual prince. You're going to live the life on an island. It's going to be champagne and rainbows. It's going to be good. When in reality, they were being lured to these parties really just to be used as a sex toy for these gross old men that are into underage chicks. Yeah. It's gross in every way. It's very like squid gamey, you know? I don't like it. It just mm. grosses me out. And what I'm trying to figure out is, will we ever find out the extent of who was involved and how involved they were? Yeah. If, I'll just throw it out hypothetically. Let's say Bill Clinton, former two-term president of the United States of America, president who was impeached for lying about getting his dick sucked in the White House. <laughs> Fun little history lesson. Not by his wife. Yeah. Then I would think that would be pretty scandalous. Yeah. Is it ever going to come to that? Are they ever going to name names? Yeah. Or did all that die when Epstein did? Will Glenn have the opportunity to cut a deal? You know what? I get that you found me guilty. If you give me 20 years instead of life, then I'll give up the the black book of who was at those parties and who the girls were that we recruited. Where where are the girls? Not one person has stepped forward or have they? There's been multiple women that have come forward to say that they were victimized by Jeffrey Epstein and recruited by her, by wouldn't Maxwell. Wouldn't that be enough? I mean, wouldn't you get enough information from those women, at least for the their accusations, if you will, that said to you, yeah, you know, fucking Chrissy Teigen and John Legend came out one time. And it got fucking weird, you know, like, or whatever. Would it not, Would do we not trust their word or have they said much? You know, I have a feeling that there's an interest in it. And right now it's all just whispers and rumors and all of these are accusations until there is a conviction or an acquittal. But after there's a conviction, assuming there is, then it's totally fair game to ask some questions. Well, who were all these people at these parties? People would like to know more. The thing is, it's so political because there was a lot of politicians in. If you bring out the list of who was there and doing shit, are you going to take down the British monarchy? Prince Andrew is the queen's son. He was mm-hmm. an honest-to-God fucking prince. Mm-hmm. No, that's Meghan Markle that's taking down that. <laughs> are, are we going to drag former U.S. President Bill Clinton into this? And I mean, what, if, what if Clinton wasn't the only one? What if Don's in there? Yeah. And whereas they would probably love to nail Trump on this, to do that, they would also have to nail Clinton. And the whole thing creates this weird paradox for the media that would love to keep this political, 
But if they do it, they're going to have to expose their guy too. And they should. Like we are, we should be at the stage where we don't give shits. You do something gross and wrong, you pay the price for it like any other human being. But here comes politics and money. And money. That's a big one being dragged into it. So it's, it frustrates the shit out of me. And to answer your initial question, no, I don't think we'll ever find out the full truth. I don't think we will either, even though it's very, very, uh, it's a good opportunity for her to tell her truth. Sure. To be honest with you, I don't understand this whole defense strategy. They're basically just saying, no, she's innocent. And she was wrongfully accused. I think it's perfectly reasonable to assume that for her to end up in this position as a woman recruiting underage women for rich men to have fun with, that seems gross on every oh, level. It's gross. And it's highly illegal. Yeah. This was a good opportunity to say, I was a victim in this too. Yeah, I did it, but I. He made me, he forced me, anything uh, brainwashed like that. me. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I assume they. Did they uh, even consider they, that? They pro- I'm sure they did consider it. And I'm sure there probably was an aspect of that to this too. Is there a chance she's innocent? I don't see any scenario yeah. where she's innocent. I'm just wondering how many people thought are thinking that way because based on what I see no nobody thinks that she's innocent no and I mean Epstein killed himself they say oh that's I mean there's no shortage of people that feel he was killed though on purpose in prison so that he would die with the information that he's got in his head and never have an opportunity to come clean yeah I wonder if there's tapes. I wonder if there's a book. I wonder if there's notes something that he did before he died or was he willing to die protecting the people that he had a good time with for all those years yeah. Those rich guys that went to his island and or his penthouse and took advantage yeah, of this. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious. Of what, I guess they found nothing, but I am curious. Um, people in scenarios like this often do like to keep a to- tokens of some kind, whether that is a book of records, whether that is, I don't know. I, do, I doubt he'd do anything electronically to keep on record because we know that that can be easily, easily found. Um, but, but like I said, I, st- I don't think that we'll ever figure it out. Unfortunately, I wonder if they ever will draw a firm, formal connection to the palace or to the White House or to Microsoft head office. Bill Gates was one of those guys that's in a picture with Jeff Epstein. We don't know. But either way, um, this decision is going to be an interesting one when it comes down. Absolutely. We'll talk about it when it does. You guys have yourselves a fantastic Tuesday. We don't know if Doug's talking today. Typically, if he would be, they would have told us by now and they haven't. But he's also up at the cottage. And they say he's at the cottage because there's so many protesters outside his house that he can't even get into his own home. Oh, man. I don't know if that's accurate. I haven't been to Etobicoke in roughly two years. But (laughs) (laughs) it could be true. could be. Have a great Tuesday, guys. We'll be right back here tomorrow. The After 9 Podcast is powered by Tony Johal. Broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy.